Welcome all of our loyal listeners to our special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you need to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Don't miss your opportunity to talk to the doctor directly. Dial 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, what's the news of the week? Always good to hear from you. Well, thanks. I'm not sure the news is great because... We don't want to hear that. Let's start again. (laughs) Let's start the show again. What's the good news? The good news is there's always a chance to be healthy. Get the right information that you need learn about your personal profile and get to work and figure out how to do it, you know, with help, figure out how to find your weaknesses and make them better so that you don't have chronic illness, that it's preventable. Well, as a private concierge, personalized physician in primary care, we're kind of sort of, I guess, ebbing out of the COVID, uh, two years worth of misery and what are you seeing with your patients that are in your private practice? What are you seeing? What are the ramifications? What's the end result? What do people need to do now that they can get in to see their doctor? Well, there's still this Omicron variant that's coming around. Um, But is it, let me stop you there. Is it serious? No. Everybody that was dying was with the Delta, right? No, I'm seeing the Omicron variant as a viral sinus infection that, has not responded to anything. So I've tried ivermectin, I've done my supplements, I've even put people on antibiotics and nothing seems to work. It takes about uh, seven to 10 days to run its course and then it's gone. Um, I have not prescribed Paclovid, I kind of refuse to, which is the uh, Pfizer COVID pill. Um, It might work, but I haven't prescribed it yet because I'm not testing anybody. So I'm not testing for COVID, like we said, um, you know, the calendar mandates, one of them is don't test anymore because these vac- these tests just aren't effective. So what is Paclovid for? Let's- for COVID. That's so the, if you get a patient that has COVID, is that what you're saying? That's what it's indicated for by the FDA. But you're not using it. I'm not using it. Now, if I thought I needed to use it, I might, um, but... I'm a, again, I'm a presuming you ought to have COVID to have that drug prescribed, but so many people have negative COVID tests, yet they have COVID symptoms that I'm not sure testing is warranted anymore. So I'm not testing anybody, but I'm seeing a trend in a complex of symptoms that involve a viral sinus infection. And that's what I think this Omicron variant looks like. So not nearly as dangerous. And I'm not seeing that many cases either. So would you say we're coming to the end of it? This is who knows what is going to happen in the future with COVID because these uh, variants will never go away. I think Um, I'm hoping this is it, that it just turns into a common cold. That'd be nice that it just becomes a common cold. You know, then the question is again, you know, mandated treatments for a common cold. You know, what does that mean? And, you know, there's some states in our union that are be, are passing laws or at least putting laws on the books that will, you know, make it illegal for me to talk on the radio. 
We couldn't have this. We couldn't have this show in California, Amory. Okay, why not? Well, because they're making it illegal to spread misinformation. Well, you're now, not spreading misinformation. Well, you know that, and I know that, and the listeners know that, but the government of California doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking, you know, opposite of the FDA and the CDC, which we've already established as corrupt agencies, they've established themselves as corrupt by hiding information and data about the complications of getting the vaccine, then if we were telling the truth, we would be arrested. I don't know about arrested, but law enforcement would be given the rights to take action against us. It's a scary thought. It is scary. So it's not so great out there. So here we are, you know, no one's paying attention to COVID anymore. And, you know, while it's quiet, the um, the government is, uh, you know, certain state governments are taking drastic action um, to remove our rights. Well, one good thing is that, um, you know, we at least have the ability to talk to our patients and tell the listeners what they ought to do. And I, I think that's great that you're still on the air. We have one caller. Do you want to actually want to take the caller? Yes, we have Greg calling from Shelby. Greg, what's your question? Hey, Anne-Marie, Dr. Collender, Mr. Positive. Hey, real quick, when we talk about heart attack, stroke, and blood clots, I bring it up on Facebook, and no one seems to know about it. Factor 5 Leiden, which I have, and people are getting blood clots on a very regular basis, and then when I bring it up, they go, oh, my God, never heard of this. And then they go to their doctor, and they check, uh, check for it, and then they've got it. And it's a very prevalent um, condition for people that get blood clots easy, arguably to, you know, cause strokes and heart attacks. But um, if you can, inform the public about Factor V Leiden. I'll hang up, and thanks for uh, being you, Dr. Collender. You're awesome. Well, well thank you, and we will. We'll have to do that at the next break because we're at the end of this uh, segment, but we'll start the show with Factor V. Yeah, interesting question, but let's come back and discuss this on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our special live broadcast and we are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. Dr. Collender will talk to us about the tests that we need to get and give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. And we're inviting you listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, over the break, you were talking about the collateral damage of COVID and where do we go from here? Well, we promised Greg a conversation about Factor Five. Right. Right. So let's do that and then come back to COVID. So. Factor V is one of a handful of conditions that predispose people to blood clots. So 
There's um, factor five, which is a genetic deficiency in a protein. There's also protein C deficiencies, protein S deficiencies. There's something called the lupus anticoagulant, um, which is a lupus-related condition predisposing people to blood clots. So even though a lot of people carry one of these markers, and factor five is one of the more common ones, it does not mean that you're going to get a blood clot. So unfortunately, this is a reactive area where we don't even look for it until I don't. Like, I don't draw these tests without a reason, and the reason usually is my patient had a blood clot. So for people that have a blood clot that is not easily explained, I'll do run these tests, you know, even during a blood clot, or after, because sometimes the the status of being having a clot will alter the lab results. You know, just have being having the clot may interfere with the results. I'll run the test again afterward um, when they're treated or off treatment. And if they're positive, it means they need to be on lifelong anticoagulation. And I don't mean you know like a blood thinner like Coumadin. And there's also now uh, a, a, several different medicines that help in the blood that are not coumadin. Um, so that's what factor five is. So it is common, but I don't think it's a good idea to just check it randomly because we really don't have a remedy. You know, so I'm not a fan of doing tests just to see what it is and let's have a remedy mm-hmm. for it. So that's one of those areas. So what is, I mean, why are we so concerned about blood clots right now? Is that something that's um, remnant of the whole COVID experience? Well, COVID did predispose people to blood clots. So it was a thrombotic disorder, meaning it caused clots. And that So was nothing a, to do with the vaccine, let's just be clear. Nothing to do with the vaccine. It had to do with actually having COVID. Correct. So if Well, no, remember the um uh Johnson vaccine caused blood clots in women, you know, young women when it first came out. Right. And we had whole shows about that. Right. And AstraZeneca really never made it to market. Right. Because of blood clots. So both the vaccine and the disease has some correlation to blood clots. And so does the general, I mean, the general population and general listeners out there, if they've, whether or not, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that had COVID that didn't know they had it. <laughs> oh, agree. A hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. And, and we're learning that those people may be at risk for long-term cardiovascular injury but without doing the right test, they're not going to know. Well, let's talk about this some more, but Ashley is a caller. Ashley was calling. Yes, we have David calling from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. David, what's your question? Yes, my question for Dr. for Dr. Collender is this. In regards to COVID and other, and other viral illnesses, wouldn't you also recommend therapeutics against vaccines just to make, just, you know, when even the symptoms of colds, and flu start coming on. What would you be able to recommend about that other than a vaccine? Because many times some people have negative reactions about that. So what would you recommend for people suffering from any kind of virus at all? Old-fashioned remedies, what about that? Well, as you know, you know, I'm no longer a fan of the vaccines as a preventive measure because it's clear from the documents released by the FDA recently that there were acknowledged side effects to the vaccine and 
we just were not dealt with honestly by the government. We were not given the ability to obtain informed consent. We were told that they were safe, and they're clearly not. Now, it does not mean that people benefited from being vaccinated. It does not mean that the vaccine did not keep people from dying when they were in the hospital. But people have a choice and, and a right to know what they're being treated with. Everyone asks me, what are the drug interactions and what are the side effects every time I prescribe a drug? Isn't that your common answer? What side effects, drug interactions? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't get the opportunity to educate our patients about the vaccine because that data was withheld from us intentionally and purposefully. So therapeutics. You know, now I really treat people with viral syndrome with, uh, I'm back to watch it, watchful waiting, you know, because I don't think this current um, variant of COVID is responding to anything. So I'm just waiting. Um, make sure you take your supplements, um, Advil or um, naproxen for joint pain and fever. Make sure you stay hydrated. And, and I tell my patients to be in touch with me when they get worse. So we can adjust the program. It's about access. Well, absolutely. And your patients are fortunate enough to have access to you because you're a personalized concierge physician with your phone on 24-7 so that if your patients have anything wrong with them or any, you know, anyone in your type of practice, they can call you on the weekends, the evenings, whenever, explain their symptoms, and you're going to tell them what's the next move, come and see you, go to the hospital, whatever. But for the rest of the massive population that's out there and they're in what you call population medicine where they can't even get in to see their doctor, they're just hopelessly lost. And during COVID, it's gotten so much worse because getting access to seeing a specialist or to see your doctor about normal you know, health problems just doesn't exist anymore because the, everybody's transferred over to telemedicine or they're making it so difficult for you to get an appointment that it's impossible. Well, you know, during COVID, the, the fallback position has been go to the ER. You know, you're sick. I can't touch you because you might have COVID. Go to the ER. And, of course, you go to the ER, and then you're on this merry-go-round of uh, hospital therapeutics, which don't help. So, um, you know, it's, it's all about prevention. It's all about early treatment and adaptation. So, you know, COVID's adapting and, you know, I'm trying to adapt with it. And I just don't know what the future is going to hold, except um, hopefully this is the end of it and COVID just turns into being a common cold. And if it is just a common cold, then, um, you know, there should not be any mandated therapies that are not proven to be safe um, at all. And that's what we're afraid of now is that certain states are now passing laws requiring vaccination and making it illegal to speak out against the status quo requiring vaccination for what in California they're they're what are they requiring that they're requiring that va- that covid vaccine be part of the childhood uh you know vaccine protocol going forward yeah which again we're wholly against and what about the booster shots? Well, that's what I mean. Okay. The, the getting vaccinated, getting boosted is all, you know, it, it's going to be mandated in California that that's what you have to do. And again, we would not be able to have this conversation in California. 
because it's now they're making it illegal to spread misinformation. And again, this is even though we're not misinforming anybody, the greatest misinformers of all time are the FDA and the CDC. They've broken their trust with the American people. So what are the average listeners to do? I mean, fortunately, we're here. We're not in California, but still, it's a, it's a dodgy question, to say the least. Anyway, right now, we're going to have to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics prevention, and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, this is a great opportunity to talk to the doctor directly if you have any questions at 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, coming back, what is the average listener, the average patient out there? They're not in your type of practice. Your type of practice is 24-7, hands-on, spending an hour with patients, following up when you send patients out to a specialist. What about the rest of the population that's out at sea? Well, they got to come to shore. You know, they've, they've got to find, yes. they got to find someone who's willing to offer this kind of care. They've got to demand it of their doctor. Their doctor should be doing it and they're not. And shame on the medical profession for not making room for people to get better care. Um, again, we're not, you know, I'm no longer making excuses and neither are you, you've been saying this a long time and I finally jumped on board saying we cannot make excuses for doctors because they have a job because they can't get their charts. They put themselves in the situation where they can't do, you know, they, it's very difficult to open up a private practice. Well, I did it. And I'd like to say I was one of them and I still did it. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot. It's scary, but you do it. And at the end of the day, you're very happy you did it because your patients love it and you are practicing a better brand of medicine. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty amazing journey that you've gone on. And I just wonder why more doctors don't do it because I always come back to the thought of you went to medical school to be a doctor. You spent all these years to be a doctor, to heal people. You can't heal people in a two-minute interview with a bunch of Mickey Mouse tests that don't do anything about preventing disease. And so I, I, you know, commend you for what you did. But again, you know, the average listener out there and the average patient out there, they're just lost because they belong to a practice where the care they're getting is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and people are dying. We still have almost 700,000 people dying of heart attack in this country when it's totally preventable. So what's the average listener to do? Well, you know, we can even talk about the tests, but right. what's the purpose? Because you can't get the test anywhere. And even if you get a test, you don't have anyone to treat you. 
or knows what to do with it. And if you take the test, your PCP, they don't know what to do with it. And we can recommend blood tests. I mean, last week I went off on getting a bunch of blood tests for someone who had a heart failure. And you looked at me, you gave me a great side eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ruining the show <laughs> you know, with talking about too many blood tests. And, you know, the, the doctors don't even know where to get those tests because you have to have a specialty lab to run them. Because if you ran that through your normal channels, that patient's going to get a multi-thousand dollar lab test. But when you do it on a regular basis, you can find ways to do them very inexpensively. So it's not a, you've got to be ultra rich to do these things. You just have to decide that you want a better, make a better option for yourself and put yourself in a position to be healthy. You know, that's a tough road. And I, you know, it's great for all the patients that in your that are in your practice because of the ones, the 300 or more patients that had COVID, none of them died, none of them went into the hospital. They can call you at 11 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock in the morning or over the weekend, and that's great because they have this personalized practice at their disposal, and you shepherd them through when you send them out to specialists. But for the million and a half other people that are listening and our audience in Korea and all across the world, I mean, it's like, what do they, what does the average patient have to do in order to get into a practice like this or be able to get access to the tests. Just try. How do they try? Well, first call us and we can help. Um, if you're out of the area, we can try to direct you to somebody who might. Meaning, right. uh, you know, but, you know, what's out of the area to me? You know, I've got patients in every state. Right. So, you know, my area is global now. You right. know, we've got patients that live out of the country. And, you know, when they come into Michigan, we see them, and then I still communicate health issues with them, um, you know, 10 time zones away. So um, it's just a, just a choice to look and, and to, to make the effort. There are people around here that do it, just not many. Finding a doctor who, spe- who is a private, personalized concierge doctor is difficult enough. Finding one who specializes in prevention there are so few doctors right. in the state, in the area that specialize in prevention. And I mean, you can't see all the listeners that are listening to this show, but I mean, it's very important that the listeners know what prevention is. The tests that are out there, we've said this so many times on the show, there are absolute tests that can help you prevent having a heart attack, but they're not covered by insurance. They're not recommended. Your doctor doesn't talk about them. I and wrote, they're not expensive. They're and really they're very not. inexpensive. And so understanding that heart attack and stroke are 100% preventable is really a statement that people cannot wrap their heads around because it's just accepted that things happen and cannot be stopped. Right. So many people drop dead. Everybody knows someone who had a heart attack and died. Everyone knows someone who had a catastrophic stroke. Mm -hmm. And the take-home message is it could not have been prevented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or it just happened. And because the process isn't understood of how to stop it. And when you understand how simple it is, Mm -hmm. it's it's the same as, again, I'm going to give my COVID analogy. When we talked about this legal document supporting doctors who prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I went on a huge rant this one day on the show because it was so easy to stop COVID 
and the government didn't let it happen. Well, I know there's nothing we can do about the government, but we no. have Ashley. You have a caller? Yes, we have Don calling from Macomb. Don, what's your question? Well, I, I hear a lot of talk about heart uh, prevention, problem prevention, but you, you're an internist, I understand, right? Or, or yes, am I, I am. Wrong? No, you're right. So, do you have a question, uh, Don? Well, I just wonder, do, do you, you know, a doctor on uh, poor heart patients? Well, Don, medical management is the way to prevent disease. And there's studies supporting that a medical management process is as good as a procedure like a stent or bypass surgery for people with unstable angina which is, I would consider, a very substantial problem. Yet medical management is as good. So you do not need to be a specialist to apply optimal medical management to somebody in need. You just have to have the desire and the will to do it. That's what I'm doing. And then in, in other words, of course, that's what we talk about all the time in this show is that heart attack and stroke are preventable. And I think that the horrible situation is that nobody knows about what the tests are. Maybe they're not covered by insurance. They don't cost very much. They're non-invasive. They're easy. They're simple. And uh, it's, it's just a matter of finding out what the tests are. And I think that when people find out what the tests are, then they can make an informed decision about availing themselves of the tests or finding out how to get the tests so that they can then, you know, be on a path to prevention. Well, I think Don was in disbelief that a non-cardiologist was making statements about heart disease and preventing heart attacks. I think that's where he was at. Well, it doesn't matter. You still went to medical right, school. Right. You know what you're doing, and none of your patients have died of COVID. Well, he so. should listen to the show a little more. Exactly. Well, in the meantime, we're going to come back and talk about this some more on the other side of the break. You are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. And if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources that are available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases that we've come to accept as inevitable. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And I'm also encouraging listeners to tune in to Dr. Collender. We have a weekly show on Sunday at 3 p.m. where he also disseminates a lot of very important information that you need to know about not only just about having a personalized concierge practice, but also about how to get engaged with the practice and understand 
that you can prevent heart attack and stroke. Dr. Collender, before we come back to you, Ashley, you have a caller? Yes, we have John calling from Byron. John, what's your question? Is John still out there? Is he still on the line? Is he still? John, are you there? I, I can hear you. Okay, John, Hello? go ahead. What's your question? What's, yeah. your, what's your question, John? You can't hear me? Hello? We can hear you, yes. Yes, go ahead. What's your question? Well, I got a Johnson & Johnson vaccine last March or April. A lot in my uh, eye within just a few days. You know, John, you may have to call back on a better line because we're just your phone's yeah. breaking up, and we appreciate you calling. But call back on a better line, Yeah, please. call another line where we can hear you because you're breaking up and or call Dr. Collender at 866-COLLENDER. All right, Dr. Collender, this is our last segment. So, I mean, what is the average listener to do? They're, they're still lost at sea. Well, the average listener needs to be a better advocate for their health. They need to, un again, if you're a listener to this show, you know what's possible. And you need to either call us because we're offering the service you're looking for or demand it from your doctor. And, and it's, your doctor can become an expert in prevention. It's really not that hard. You just have to want to be an expert in prevention, um, and then they can be that for you. And frankly, we need more people out there doing what I'm doing because it just can't be done by so few doctors. And, right. And you mentioned last show, Anne-Marie, that the rate of heart attack deaths are actually going up. You right. know, they were 600, 650,000 for decades and now they're moving up to 700,000 right horrible and point in fact that I'm not necessarily giving a plug for our media here but I do want to let you know listeners that I did write an article that's going to come out in the health guide I think it's the March issue in the health guide the annual publication and it does list the tests that you need to be aware of that will help you with prevention to prevent heart attack and uh, Olivia, well, no, I'm sorry, Olivia. Ashley, we're here with you tonight. What, do you have a caller? Yes, we have John calling back from Byron. John, what's your question? Yeah, last April I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine shot, and I developed a clot in my eye within a few days after that. And my, my joints got real swollen, and my gums started bleeding. Now, the, gum, the gum bleeding has gone away. On to clots from now on, and is there anything I can do to repair the damage that was done? That's a loaded well, question. Yeah. That's well, a loaded well, question. You're lucky you're alive. You're yeah. lucky you have vision. Um, I do not believe that you're still at risk for ongoing clots this far out. Um, but we still don't understand the long-term effects of vaccine injury, just like we don't understand the long-term effects of long-hauler COVID. They frankly may not be a whole lot different because the vaccine creates the spike protein in our system, which is whether it's from the vaccine or COVID itself is what causes the injury to our body. So it's, I don't, we don't have answers. Um, I would tell you what I would tell anybody, which is learn about your health, identify your, you know, your vascular status and 
find all the inflammatory drivers of disease that you have, which is what I do on all my patients who have, you know, who have plaque or not screen for these conditions because they'll help lower the inflammation in your body in general and hopefully reduce the impact of this vaccine injury to you in the long term. I can't tell you that's going to happen, but that's the best thing I would do. A lot of people out there with uh, certainly attendant problems to both the COVID and the vaccine. But again, as I said, I think that what's missing out there to the to the listeners and the general population is them not having a connection to a person who can shepherd them through the process. You have to have a somewhat intimate connection with a doctor that's going to tell you what to do next, where to go, what tests you need, and to be just left out there to, you know, graze in the pasture is something that we need to wake up and do something about. And I am not holding you. You're a single doctor that went on a crusade, and the crusade worked out very well for all the, the patients that found you, but for the patients that didn't find you and for the listeners that are out there that they're stuck in this broken system, I mean, it's it's a difficult question as to, to what they ought to do. But, Ashley, you have another caller? Yes, we have Dale calling from Canton. Dan, what's your question? Um, yes, uh, doctor. I had COVID last April, and I do have Factor V Leiden. And uh, since I, I had the, the microantibody treatment, and I recovered from it, but within the last... Uh, since the first of the year, my PT INR, I haven't been able to get it stabilized. And I've been, actually, I'm running thick and I'm very fatigued all the time. Is there anything that I should be concerned about? Did you say that you had a blood clot or not? Oh, yeah, yes. I've, uh, I have factor five. I've had, I've had uh, half a dozen, uh, pulmonary embolisms uh, since 1997. So I assume you're on lifelong anticoagulation. Yes, I am. Well, so that's what's going to alter your PTINR. I mean, are you on yeah. Coumadin or one of the novel drugs? I'm on, I'm on Coumadin, and I've been as regular as can be for the longest time. And since the first of the year, I haven't been able to like I had my blood drawn yesterday, and my PT and INR was 1.99. And I'm supposed to be between two and three. Well, you know, there's a lot of factors you got to get into, which is your diet, you know, because as you know, foods will alter um, warfarin absorption. But yep. another option is to consider one of the novel anticoagulants, you know, um, Zarelto or Eliquis. Um, yes, you know that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking is the Eliquis. My wife also takes Eliquis, so yeah, I would look at one of those, and then it's a it's a lot more stable, and you don't have to worry about um, side effects. So I think we have to go to Anne Marie soon. Well, okay. let's hope he gets to the right, right doctor. Right. Let's hope he's under the right care, and if he's not under the right care, he better call you at eight six six Colander and make sure that he gets hooked up with a proper doctor that's going to shepherd him down this process. So um, unfortunately, we don't have any more time to talk about this tonight. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, 
but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope that you've gotten some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune into our shows for the latest medical updates. And thank you for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.